please uh, stand with me as we read the Word of God. Open to 1 Timothy, chapter 1, and we will, sorry, 1 Timothy, chapter 2, we will be reading uh, verses 1 through 8. Therefore I exalt, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let's pray. Dear Father, we are thankful for this word that you've revealed to us, and we're thankful for the spirit that helps us to understand and apply it. Father, we look forward to drinking from your word today. Give us what you would have us to have from this, from this passage. Please guard my words, and please bless the preaching, hearing, and applying of it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I am going to do a little adjusting here. Just a minute. That's better. Thank you. Sorry about that. Sorry for the distraction. Uh, well, it is such a pleasure to be with you today. It was, it was about three years ago I, I last came. And we were intending to come visit Foothills about two years ago. Uh, planning a trip here in February. And at that time, we didn't really know what the Lord wanted for our family. And we were considering coming here. And, uh, and that trip was one of those trips where we were going to explore it a little bit more and to try to discern the Lord's will. Well, COVID broke out then. And the whole world sort of came to a pause. And um, Foothills is, it remained on our hearts and our minds and yet, during that time, the, the Lord seemed to be doing something where we were. We didn't really expect that. And uh, since, since COVID, over the last couple of years, we, we believed that the Lord would have us stay where we are in Iowa and plan to work there. But one of the things that I mentioned to my families, if we did that, that I definitely wanted to keep a relationship with Foothills. I hope to visit often as often as we can, it's a long ways away. And, and, and it's because we're, we're so um, 
close in vision and in doctrine. But more than that, I just sense a, a, um, a love of Christ here and of each other. I know it's been some difficult times, um, but I am so thankful to see everyone that's here today. I really am. And I'm excited to bring this word to you this morning. I think it's an important part of Scripture anytime. But I think it hits us right where we are today. We're looking at what it means for all men to be saved. Particularly, what is God speaking of here in this text? And what is the full scope of his desire? The sermon is basically going to be in two parts today. Really, the first part is dealing with the idea of limited atonement of particular atonement, if you will, versus universal atonement. And the second part is going to be about kings, about praying for them. And what it shows us about what God's desire is for his people and for all societies. So what does it mean that God desires all men to be saved? And what does this show us about God's direction for societies? Well, a bit of background on 1 Timothy, since we're jumping in at chapter 2. In this letter, Paul has been saying to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to stay true and focused. I don't want you to get distracted with fables. But I want you to focus on love, pure hearts, and I want you to wage a good warfare, a warfare of faith. Now, Timothy and the church he is leading has a commission commission based upon Jesus' work and his current position. That's a commission we still share today. So I'd like you to back up just a little bit and let's, re- let's read a couple verses in chapter 1. So chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. The king, eternal, immortal, invisible, God alone who is wise, honor and glory forever and ever. Based on that, based on the fact that God is reigning, Timothy has to wage a good war. And he's been chosen for this role in a time and space, a particular place, a particular church, just like all of us. And it's helpful and I think really even necessary for us to make this personal, to make it practical in our minds. It helps us to avoid what I call the lesser forms of Gnosticism where we're separating things that shouldn't be separated, like separating theology from deeds, grand ideas from real life. No, God is reigning. He's immortal. He's invisible. He's alone wise. These are ideas of the grandest sort. But we never stop there. We never stay there. If we pray, as we do, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven, let's get some dirt under our fingernails. As Brother Larry was saying this morning in the Christian education, let's let's go. So for Timothy and for us, there are natural reverberations of heavenly ideas here. And there are therefores that connect the two, oftentimes in scriptures, that connect the faith 
that James is talking about, the type of faith James is talking about to our lives. So the kingship of God is the reason for this therefore as we begin our passage in verse 1 of chapter 2. So let's read that. Therefore I I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So if we're going to engage in warfare, first of all, First of all, prayers should be made. Last year at our church at Dominion Covenant, there was something of a revival that the Lord brought of prayer, of corporate prayer. We've been praying more. More assemblies of prayer, more times during the week. I think that it's not just reserved to our church either. I see something of a revival of prayer going around the denomination. I imagine you all have had something of that. This list of prayers here in chapter 2, verse 1, supplications, prayers, intercessions, they comprise the scope and approach of our prayers, and by God's grace, it's been very sweet 